Our fifth scripture lesson for this evening comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and it recounts the visit of the wise men a few months after Jesus was born. This passage will be the focus of my message this evening, and let us hear the word of God. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who speaks and makes yourself known. And you have done that very clearly through Jesus Christ, your son, by not only speaking to us, but sending him so that we could see him. We thank you, God, that he walked among us in the flesh. We thank you that we have the witnesses who have written it down. We thank you for this sure testimony from your word. And we pray that you would help us to hear it this evening. Give us open ears to hear And work through your word and spirit in our hearts and minds and use me in spite of my sin and weakness to faithfully proclaim your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Christmas movie Elf, Buddy, the elf, travels from the North Pole to New York City. And there are quite a few scenes, a few hilarious minutes of this grown man dressed as an elf who is totally out of his element in Manhattan. He's like a foreigner, doing all sorts of weird stuff that locals find crazy. And one such moment is when Bunny, Buddy spots a sign outside this run-down deli, and it says, World's Best Cup of Coffee. And he bursts in, and he says, Congratulations! World's Best Cup of Coffee. You did it! And it's both funny... And a little, like, embarrassing. It makes you feel weird. And I, and I bring this story up, not just because I love the movie Elf, but I think we need to see a little bit of Buddy the Elf in The Wise Men Who Visit King Herod. 
These foreigners come in strange clothes, likely speaking a thick accent, and they enter the palace and shout, Congratulations! The promised king has been born! And Herod looks at them like the guys behind the counter in that New York deli, like, what? What are you talking about? And he's confused. And he might have even let out a chuckle and said to the person next to him, like, what are these foreign fools talking about? But are they fools? See, these foreigners in the Bible have traditionally been called wise men. And so which is it? Are they wise men or foreign fools? And to get to the bottom of it, I want us to look at three questions tonight in our text about what is going on and what makes them wise or foolish. And so the first question is, how could the Jewish people have missed such an important event as the birth of the Messiah? Herod is clearly clueless about this birth, and nobody else had heard anything about this promised Messiah being born. And since they hadn't heard about it, they assumed it hadn't happened. But do you hear the bad logic in that? They arrogantly assume that they would have heard of such a big event. Of course we know about that. Well, really? Would you? So to help show the foolishness of the Jewish leaders who missed this, we're going to play pretend tonight. And I want all of us to think back and pretend that it's 100 years ago. It's 1922. It is before satellites orbited the earth. It is before radar pinged out into the sky. And let's pretend an alien spaceship comes to earth and lands in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Because, well, these aliens come from a desert-like planet and that seems habitable to them. And a dozen or so nomadic people with their camels see these aliens and interact with them over the course of a few days. But they don't have cameras to take pictures of them. And the aliens leave behind no evidence of them having come there. In fact, the winds of the Sahara blow away the footprints, the spaceship dents, all of that. Now let's pretend again that these camel-riding nomads come into the town that we are in and they tell us, we saw aliens! Are we going to believe them? No, probably not. But isn't it possible it could have happened? It's possible. We always assume that if something big happens, we would know about it. But that's not necessarily true. And similarly, the Jewish leaders like Herod assumed, well, we would know if the Messiah came, but they were wrong. The Messiah had been born months earlier and they had no idea whatsoever. But that gets to the second question. How did these guys know? How did these foreigners find out about this baby being born miles away? So sure, it's possible the Jewish leaders didn't know about it. They might have overlooked the birth of the Messiah. A lot of babies get born in that region. Joseph and Mary hadn't posted pictures on Facebook of here we are with, with the shepherds. Messiah's born. The shepherds didn't leave their flocks and go and tell Herod, hey, guess what? He got born. But how would these people from so far away know about it? Well, our passage tells us they followed a star. 
And they tell Herod, when we saw his star, we saw his star when it rose. Now, I don't know how these wise men made a connection between this star that they saw and the birth of the Jewish Messiah. But it's clear this was no ordinary star. This star was some kind of special revelation from God. It was like God was shining a laser pointer and the wise men were cats. And he was just leading them with this moving star and they were just, they were just following it until it got to where he wanted them to go. He was drawing their attention to the grand unveiling of his son, the one who would reconcile sinners to God. And so the wise men show us that God makes himself known in the way he chooses to the people he chooses. Just like the angels appear to humble shepherds outside in the country of Bethlehem, so also God chose to reveal himself to these foreign wise men. That Jesus was not just for the important people, not just for the religious leaders and scribes and all of them, he was for the humble and the lowly like the shepherds. He was for all of those around the world like these wise men. These wise men were not Jews, and yet they came to worship the promised king of the Jews who would bring all salvation to all kinds of people. And that brings us to our third question. Is this really a big deal? Did they need to go? Sure, the wise men were excited to find Jesus. But it says they worshipped him. Doesn't that seem a little over the top? Okay, a baby's born. You bring presents. That's polite. You say congratulations. Sure. Worship? That's weird. It's excessive. Their gifts that they brought were just as excessive as Buddy the Elf's congratulations. They were absurd. They seemed extravagant for this humble child. But these gifts revealed something about the identity of this particular child. The gift of gold highlighted the worthiness and royalty of Jesus. That just as gold is a precious metal, this child was precious and valuable. Just like how we pay our taxes to our leaders so these wise men saw that this was a king. We will bring things of value to this one who rightfully rules over us. They also brought frankincense, which was used in worship. That incense was burned during worship to create an aroma as well as a cloud of awe and wonder, representing God's unseen presence. And so this gift testified that this child was God Himself in the flesh. And that third gift is especially weird. That myrrh was a spice used in burials, packed onto and into dead bodies to cover the awful smell of decay. It was meant to make death seem more pleasant. The wise men had no idea how fitting that gift was for Jesus. For this child would grow up to one day die for us. A horrific death. Yet as grotesque as that death was, it is made pleasant because it was a purposeful death as an atonement for our sins so that we could be brought back to God. The wise men likely didn't understand the true significance of their gifts, but they were wiser than they knew. 
Because those three gifts testify to the mission of the Messiah. He came to be our King, to whom we owe our ultimate allegiance and obedience. He would bring God's presence among His sinful people so that we could worship Him and have fellowship with Him. And He did it all through His death. His sacrificial death on the cross. And so this Christmas, we may feel weird because we want to talk about Jesus instead of just gather with family, and that's okay, or do all of the other things. But let's not feel ashamed for feeling foreign with our faith. Let us not fear sounding like Buddy the Elf shouting congratulations when we say, Jesus is born and He is my King. Because we do not merely celebrate the birthday of a historical figure. We do not merely gather with our family to give thanks to God. We celebrate the birth of our King. The Son of God who came and took on flesh and lived on earth to save sinners like you and me by dying in our place and rising again so that death does not need to be awful for us. It is something pleasant in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank You for the gift of Jesus. And we pray that we would never feel foolish talking about Him how much we love Him and how much He has done for us. And let us give back to Him. Let us give our whole lives to Him, for He gave His life to us. And let us give ourselves this holiday season to celebrating Him and to spreading the good news of His birth. For salvation is open to all people in His name. Amen.